Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. We're moving verse by verse through the first and second letters to the Thessalonians. So uh, if you are new to these books or new to us, we are all the way in chapter 5. We are dealing with a topic called the Day of the Lord. So let's open our Bibles there or open a device that you can look on. And once you have the text, as we always do, we're going to stand for the reading of God's Word. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. Now, as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves, 1 Thessalonians 5.2, know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Seven. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or sleep, asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. May the Lord write his word upon our hearts. You may be seated. The day of the Lord, we're going to take two messages to deal with the content of these 11 verses because it is a very in-depth topic. And it's some that uh, I would imagine just looking out at you and realizing we have a live stream uh, audience or congregation with us today that you may have never even heard this phrase before, the day of the Lord. Some of you have heard it. Some of you have studied it. It's actually a topic addressed by at least eight Old Testament authors. And it includes authors like Malachi and Haggai and Isaiah. And it is a day, not a literal 24-hour day, but, but the day of the Lord, when the Lord does two primary things in an area of study known as eschatology. The eschaton is simply a Greek word which means the things concerning the last days. So if you've ever studied eschatology or things related to the last days, this is the topic that we're dealing with right now. And this specific area of study or this specific topic is God's day, the day of the Lord. And I was thinking as we were coming into this message and we're going to have a chance to take communion at the end of this, I wrote in my notes that he loved us, Jesus came to die for us when to prepare a place for us, and is coming again to get us. <laughs> That's pretty cool, isn't it? Pretty comprehensive. His 
great love for us. He saw our need, so he came and lived among us. He died so that we could be saved. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And just like in that bride imagery, he paid the dowry with his blood, went to prepare a place in his father's house for you and me. And then he's going to come and get us and bring us to that place. And that is a beautiful, comprehensive look at the beauty of the gospel. And that's how much you and I are loved. But in the day of the Lord, there's something else. And here's what it is. It's a day of judgment. And while it does include the idea of rescue, it also has the idea of wrath. And that is the proper order, by the way. There will be a rescue of God's people and then a wrath that is poured out. So if you're taking notes with us, the day of the Lord has those two components of rescue and wrath. A little bit from my notes. The day of the Lord is a special day at the end of time when God's will and purpose for mankind and his world will be fulfilled. And it is an Old Testament and New Testament concept when Yahweh would vindicate his righteous cause and execute impartial judgment. In early Christian usage, it was the acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord. Jesus was viewed as the Kyrios, or Lord, whose day it was. Hence, in addition to being called the day of the Lord, it is also called the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6 the day of our Lord Jesus, 2 Corinthians 1.14, and the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 1.8. So the day of the Lord, if you think about uh, Jesus being Lord, is the time of his return. He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is coming again. And John 5 tells us that all judgment has been given to the Son, and that he who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead at his appearing. And his appearing is called for believers, Titus 2.13, the blessed hope. It's the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is our hope, but it is the world's judgment. And that's why it's important for us to understand this concept and get right with God. We should note that the day of the Lord does include teaching that connects deliverance. This is one passage I'll give to you. It's Joel chapter 2, 31 and 32. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Joel is one of the authors that mentions the day of the Lord. And it will come about that whoever, Joel 2:32 calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be those who escape as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Now, many of us have learned the Romans road, and the Romans road includes Romans 10, 9, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But interestingly enough, that verse is set in the context of Joel 2 and the return of the Lord or the day of the Lord. And so to call upon the Lord is to ask him for deliverance, is to ask him for rescue, and essentially, salvation is rescue from God's wrath. So the day of the Lord will be the realization of God's wrath, and salvation is to be saved from God's wrath. So sometimes when we say, are you saved, brother? Are you saved, sister? You have to ask the question, what are you saved from? And the truth is, you're saved from the consequences of your sin if you're in Christ and you're saved from the wrath of God. 
We look around our world right now, and I know a lot of people have been asking things about the last days. Uh, the United States has, you know, pretty much gone crazy in the last six months. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and people are asking, is this the end of the world? People were asking that at the beginning of the COVID-19 you know, outbreak, because it was a worldwide outbreak. I think the only continent that it didn't affect was Antarctica. It's everywhere. And especially at the beginning, I think a lot of people were looking at those charts from Johns Hopkins and and you're seeing the red, you know, uh, circles all over the map, and it's it's like nerve-wracking. You're like, man, the, there's a counter, and more and more people perishing, and it's just a scary, scary thing. And then we've had other things going on, of course, I don't have to tell you about in our own nation, and for that matter, all around the world. What do we do? Is this world slide, sliding into a chaos that will lead to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Perhaps. Will we see it in our lifetime? Maybe but I don't know. And that's what Paul is going to say in verse 1. He's going to say, and this is a continuation, by the way, of what we saw in chapter 4. Let me remind you, we looked at the rapture in chapter 4, and it says in verse 16, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. There's your resurrection. Then we who are alive and remain, here's our rapture, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Those are glory clouds. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, in light of this truth, truth, comfort one another with these words. Keep reading. There's no chapter breaks in the original letter. They were added later to help us navigate the Bible. Now, as to the times and epics, brethren, as it relates to the parousia, the, that's the Greek word for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's our question, right? We hear about this coming and we go, okay, can I get a date, please? I'd like to know when he's a coming. Now, why do you want to know? Well, I think we'd want to know so that we'd be prepared, right? But we should be prepared in every generation. Every generation of Christians should live in the light of the second coming. And we all know that people have gotten themselves in big trouble when they try to pick dates. And Jesus himself said, no man knows the day or the hour. The angels don't know. He even said the son doesn't know, only the father. That's an interesting verse. We won't go there for right now. But that date is known to God. And it's actually fixed on God's calendar because Acts 17.31 says that God has fixed a day when he will judge the world in righteousness. And he's given evidence of this by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. So there is a day coming. It's known to God. The date is not known to us. And Paul says in verse 1, you don't need to know. Now, I want to give you some good news. I was uh, reading a paragraph by G. Campbell Morgan, who's a pastor of uh, a generation or two ago. He lived through World War I and II, and he said these words, I have no sympathy with people who tell us today that these are the darkest days the world has ever seen. The days in which we live are appalling, but they do not compare with the conditions in the world when Jesus came into it. Historians talk of the Pax Romana and make much of the fact that there was peace everywhere, the Roman peace. Do not forget that Roman peace was the result of the fact that the world had been bludgeoned brutally into submission to one central power. Notwithstanding the prevailing conditions, the dominant note of these letters 
revealing the experience of the church as a note of triumph. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Historians talk of the Pax Romana and make much of the fact that there was peace everywhere, the Roman peace. Do not forget that Roman peace was the result of the fact that the world had been bludgeoned brutally into submission to one central power. Notwithstanding the prevailing conditions, the dominant note of these letters revealing the experience of the church is a note of triumph. The dire and dread facts and conditions are never lost sight of. Indeed, they are there all the way through. The people are seen going out and facing these facts and suffering because of these facts, but we never see them, the church, depressed and cast down. We never see them suffering from a pessimistic fever. They are always triumphant. That is the glory of Christianity. If, I, if ever I am tempted to think that religion is almost dead today, it is when I listen to the wailing of some Christian people, everything is wrong, everything is going wrong. Oh, be quiet, says Morgan. Think again, look again, judge not by the circumstances of the passing hour, but by the infinite things of our gospel and our God. And that is exactly what these people did. In fact, in both of these passages that Paul teaches about the return of Christ, He says, comfort one another with these words or encourage one another with these words. He doesn't say, be bummed out by these words. Leave church and look down for the rest of the week and don't even look up at anybody and just act like Eeyore. It's not much of a world, but it's the only one we've got. Now, come on, right? But I'll tell you, if I watch an hour or two of news, that's pretty much how I feel, (laughs) right? And that's why we've been warned to be careful about our news intake. We should keep up to date, but let's be careful that we don't become all bummed out by all the sensationalism going on. We know the Lord is coming. It could be in our lifetime, but it may not be. So whatever he decides to do, the question is, how shall we live? Because we don't know the times or the epics. The seasons or the dates, verse 1, ESV has seasons, NIV dates. Most scholars would say these two words have become synonyms for just dates and times. You have no need of anything to be written to you. There's no need. When Jesus was uh, appearing over a period of 40 days, the apostles in Acts chapter 1 said, Lord, is it at this time that you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus, using the same word, said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, that the Father's fixed by his own authority, Acts 1-7. But 
you shall receive power, Acts 1.8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Don't worry about when the kingdom will be restored to Israel. You do your job. What's your job? You're to be a witness of the things that you've heard and the things that you've seen. You go into all the world and you tell people about this glorious gospel. You don't need to worry about the dates and times. And anybody in any generation that has tried to pick a day and point to the calendar have one thing in common. They're all wrong. So be careful, brethren. And be careful with someone who thinks that they've figured it out. Now, I will tell you this. Even though we don't know the specific date, we can have an idea of what will surround the second coming. And that's where we're going in these verses. Verse 2. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come. How will it come? Just like a thief in the night. Now, whenever you see the word like in a Bible verse, that's a simile word. It's like. It's giving you an illustration so you can compare it to something. And if a thief were to show up at your house in the night, they're not going to send you a text before they come, right? A thief will come at an opportune time, hopefully when they can have the advantage, when you might not expect them. We've heard of home invasion robberies, and those are scary, but we also know that thieves will try to pick a time when they won't get caught, an unexpected time or when nobody's home. Some years ago, uh, a gentleman tried to break into our home. He, uh, he pulled something out of my shed, and he tried to jimmy open a French door we have on the side of the house, and my neighbor was watching from across the street, and thankfully, uh, before he got in, the police arrived, and uh, they caught him. But he was knocking on doors in the neighborhood, acting like he was looking for work, and when he found a door where nobody answered, that's when he tried to break into the house. And the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be like a thief in the night. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be like a thief only for those who don't know the Lord. And let me show you a parallel text. It's in uh, 2 Peter. So it's going to be all the way towards the back of your New Testament, 2 Peter. We're going to look at chapter 3 together. So several New Testament authors also deal with the day of the Lord or the return of Christ. And some of us are wondering, why has God taken so long to send Jesus to return? Amen? And there's times when we look at the world and we're like, Lord, isn't this a really good time? Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Would you come now? You ever had one of those days, weeks, months, years? 2020 stinks, Lord. Come Lord Jesus, right? And I feel you. But you know, if the Lord would have come in the first century when these uh, believers were living, ain't none of you going to be in the kingdom. And if the Lord would have come in the 70s, a lot of you would not be in the kingdom. And if the Lord would have come in the 90s, a lot of you would not have been in the kingdom. And some of you have just been saved in the last year or two, and you would have not been in the kingdom. And this is what Peter's going to talk about. Check it out. This is uh, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Thank you, Lord, for waiting for me. But the day of the Lord, there's that phrase again. That's our title. Second Peter 3.10 will come. Here's a repetition simile like a thief in which, here's what's going to happen. The heavens will pass away with a roar. 
the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Now, Peter tells us that in the last days, verse 3, same chapter, that mockers will come in their, with their mocking, following after their own lust, and they'll be saying, verse 4, where is the promise of his parousia, of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, says Peter, and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time, if you're wondering if God has ever intervened in world history, was destroyed being flooded with water, a cataclysmic worldwide flood. But by his word, by God's word, the present heavens, the one that we live under, and earth, the one we live on, are being reserved for what? For fire. been listening to The Day of the Lord, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And just a reminder, Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. So if you live anywhere in Southern California, we would love it if you joined us for one of our church services or Bible studies or any of the many events we do throughout the year. You can stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. And remember, the Living Truth app is the one with the red logo and the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with some final words. Well, there's a lot of ologies in the Christian faith. There's ecclesiology. There's theology. That's the study of God. Eschatology is simply a Greek word, eschaton, and theology is the study of, and you put it together, and it's the study of the last things or the last days, eschatology. And when we study, for example, the return of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture, the resurrection, we're talking about eschatology, the study of the last things, the last days. And that's what we've embarked in in 1 Thessalonians 5, as we look at the timing of the day of the Lord. You know, there's been a lot of debate about the rapture and, you know, the second coming of Jesus and what's the timing and how does it all work and what are the different viewpoints? And that can be interesting. But here we're looking to the scriptures to see what does the Bible say about those days? And I think as you continue to study this with us, you'll find it very intriguing and enlightening, the day of the Lord. And so we have uh, something that we'd like to invite you to get a little bit more on the last day's teaching. We did a whole verse-by-verse teaching through the book of Revelation that is all really about, much of it at least, about the last days. And it's available on our Walk in Truth podcast. Now, you can get the podcast in all the usual places, and you can go back and study Revelation with us verse-by-verse. So make sure you search for the Walk in Truth podcast and go to Revelation, and you'll be able to uh, get a lot more on the last days. Now make sure that you search for Living Truth uh, in your app store, look for the red logo with the pillars, and you get to the podcast, or search for the Walk in Truth show on anywhere where you get your podcast. We'll have more on the Day of the Lord next time, but I want to remind you that Sunday morning at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor Brad Dacus, 
founder of the Pacific Justice Institute, great lawyer, great teacher, great advocate of the faith, is coming to Living Truth, speaking at both the 9 and 11.15 a.m. services here at the church, 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. He's speaking on our destiny, talking about how Christians need to be involved in the culture and be salt and light. Now, if you're anywhere here in Southern California, we'd love for you to come. You'd be within driving distance, especially if you're somewhere near the Inland Empire, but we have people coming from a lot of different places. And it's right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. If you want the big picture, pretty much where the 91 and 15 Freeways cross is where we are. You can watch the 9 a.m. service on our YouTube channel via live stream, but it'd be great if you come out yourself and worship with us and fellowship with us and hear directly from Brad. You can get information and directions when you download the Living Truth app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. You can download it for free or go to walkintruth.com. Hey, we look forward to seeing you at one of the services. Thanks for being part of our listening family and uh, those who support us and are learning together. We love you and we'll see you next time. God bless. And one more thing before we go, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please consider becoming a monthly partner. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And thank you. Also, join us Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 11, called The Day of the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.